0: Father, thank you that you don't fail. Thank you, Lord, that you only know the experience of overcoming. Thank you, Lord, that what looked like a failure that day on the cross turned out to be a great experience of victory. We thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you that we're in Christ and we know victory too. Father, I ask this morning that there would be clarity in the spirit realm as the word of God is shared. Lord, let hearts and minds see this morning Let there be wisdom and understanding, your grace at work in every heart today, in Jesus' name, amen. Morning everyone, hope you're doing well, pinch and punch for the first of the month, can't get me back, (laughs) and uh, our house always goes crazy on the first of the month. And uh, I was out in the yard and kids come out and dad, give me a big hug, and next thing it's pinch and punch. It's all false pretenses, that's what it was. (laughs) Anyway, it's great to be in church on the first. I want to share something with you today and I hope to get your attention, to pay close attention to it, take it to your heart and apply it. And um, a couple of weeks ago in listening prayer, I had a vision that caught my attention (laughs) and uh, I don't get a lot of visions, I don't know about you. Um, If you want to increase the likelihood of yourself having a vision, I do recommend participating in listening prayer. The the act of sitting with the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm here, Uh, show yourself to me or speak to me, that definitely increases uh, the occurrence of you hearing things from the Lord or seeing things from the Lord. I saw this vision and I was sitting behind a computer screen, and it was the devil's computer screen. I was behind the devil's console. Strange place to be. And of course, he doesn't actually have a console. This is all just, this is just the Lord conveying a sense to me of of something. But on the screen, I saw all these people. In fact, it was a big screen, it was a huge screen with hundreds of faces on it, and there were these red X's over faces. Not all of them, but. You know all these faces with big red X's like these are the devil's targets and he's taken them out and when I looked I started recognizing people in the screen people that I knew and people that you knew so I won't say who the people were that I was recognizing that's not the place for it right now but that's the type of vision that gets your attention because I started thinking and I thought wow yeah the devil has taken those people out they're not dead, you know, it's, it's the way you, or, you and I would think of them being dead, they're not dead, but they've certainly been, they've, the devil's done a number on them. And so um, it's one of those visions to get, get you thinking. And then I um, really had the sense that it was our job to start praying for these people one by one and undo what the devil has done. And, um, so the devil, he, he, um, he'd been around a long time and this sermon is not about him. Uh, just mentioning him briefly at the beginning, because <laughs> uh, I prefer not to talk about him if, if possible, only when necessary. And, um, but you know, he's someone who just doesn't like people. You know, the Lord, the Lord, our God, he is love. Well, the devil's the opposite of that. So... He his hate. He wants to take people out. And we have a scripture in the Bible that tells us this very succinctly. It uh, comes from 1 Peter verse five, uh, chapter 5 verses 8 to 10. It says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that The family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings as you. So Peter tells us that that's what the devil does try to do. He's a a lion that wants to devour, he wants to take people out. There's no surprises in that. The vision wasn't sowing anything new. (laughs) That's a biblical thing, we know that from the Bible. It was just the reality of seeing people's faces on the screen that was a bit shocking, realizing wow, yeah, those people have been taken out. We can't leave it that way. And, um, you know, if any other kind of disaster was happening in our lives, if there was a fire in a building and and we knew there were people in there, we'd be working out how to get them out of that building. It it doesn't matter what kind of disaster would go on in this life, we would make some kind of a plan to rescue all the people involved. It's just the same thing as that. Except it's, it's kind of sneakier because it happens quietly. It kind of happens without being noticed. And the devil's method of taking people out is often just slow, gradual, bit by bit, people drift away, stop coming to church, little things change in their mind and their hearts and their feelings. Um, So you don't notice because it's just so gradual, kind of like, you know, turning up the, the water in a pot with a frog in it and the frog doesn't jump out because it's such a gradual change and something like that. And so we, uh, you know, I mentioned this this morning because, and I want you to pay attention because we're going to do something about this. Together, as a church, we're going to do something about this which is going to make a difference in the lives of people and it's going to make a difference in our own lives as well. So this isn't a new thing either because some of the faces were people that had been in this church a long time ago. And if, you know, I cast my mind back to when I was a kid in this church, there are people that were walking with the Lord back then and they're not walking with the Lord now. So this is just the devil's method at all times and all places. It's just being aware of it is important and doing something about it is important because we care. And um, now this affects us in at least two ways. It affects us because there are people we know that are being affected and we should care for them. It matters to us what happens to them, but it also affects us in another way because it's his strategy against you, too. You know, you you tend to think when this gets brought up, oh, he's doing it to someone else. No, he's trying to do it to you as well. (laughs) He's trying to do it to everyone. That's why Peter said, be alert and sober, because the devil's going around like a roaring lion. So he's not just doing this to other people, it's his endeavor to touch your life as well And, you know, bit by bit, to remove you from the grace of the Lord one little thing at a time. So if the devil was to turn up to you right now in a very obvious way and say, turn your back on the Lord, well, that would be too obvious. But he'd do something little. So in a a small way, he would seek to take you away from the Lord a little thing at a time. That's the method. It's not so obvious then. And um, I have an illustration that kind of works for this. And I was just thinking about what kind of an illustration would I use? And I remembered my years as a scuba diver. (laughs) Wanna hear a scuba diving story? And um, scuba, back when I was a single guy, it was my hobby, a thing I thought about a lot. You know, what places in the world can I go underwater? And there are a lot of interesting things to see. And um, so I did this uh, many years ago. I went up to Townsville and there was a a shipwreck up there called the SS Yongala that sank in a cyclone in 1911. Back then they didn't have all these cool weather systems, so this poor boat had no idea a cyclone was coming. They were just sailing down the Queensland coast and sailed right into a cyclone and went down. All lives lost. You can dive on that shipwreck and you can see human remains and everything. It's very interesting. And um, what was cool about that shipwreck was it was in 30 metres of water and I had never dived that deep before. And to do that I had to do a special, specialty course. So what you do is you combine the course with the dive so you get to do the the dive that you want and you then get your, I don't know, credentials as a diver increased. So I did my deep diver specialty on that dive and uh, we're sitting in the boat before we go in and the instructor brings out this little tiny thing that looks like a boggle board. I don't know if you've seen boggle. Uh, You know with boggle you've got 16 squares of letters and you shake it up and, and there's all the letters and you make words. Well he had 16 numbers and they were randomly arranged and what he did was he timed me. He said I want you to touch number one, touch your nose, touch number two, touch your nose, go so one, two, three and you had to do it as fast as you could but the numbers were not in order. So you were looking for where the numbers were and doing it. So I did that, it took me seven seconds uh, on the boat. He said when we go down to 30 metres of, 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 of depth we're going to do the same thing and I'm going to time you again. And the point of this was to illustrate something to us which We didn't know what it was at the time, but when I, at 16, uh, at 30 meters of depth, I did the exact same exercise, and it took me 16 seconds, going as fast as I could. And it turns out that when you're at depth underwater, you think slow. What took me seven seconds at surface level took me more than twice the amount of time to do. A simple exercise of looking at a number, number one touching my nose, number two touch my nose, 16 numbers, took me 16 seconds, it took me one second per number at 30 metres of water but I was a lot quicker than that at the surface. So what I'm illustrating here, I know that sounds like I've just completely changed subjects, what I'm illustrating here was that at 30 metres of depth I felt like a normal person, I didn't feel like I was thinking slow, I completely felt normal but I was very different. I'd like to read to you what Wikipedia has to say about, this is called nitrogen narcosis. And you don't tend to notice its effects when you're only at 30 metres. When you get deeper you notice it. It says, um, narcosis while diving is an alteration in consciousness that occurs while diving at depth. Now at 30 metres you don't notice the alteration of your consciousness. As you go deeper you do. And um, so there's an effect that happens to people when they go scuba diving where they think slower the deeper they get and they don't notice. Now I would like to say that in a similar way to that, the devil works in people's lives and sometimes it's not obvious. But he can have a significant effect on your loved ones, your family and your friends, and some of them have been taken out by it. They have not even noticed at all that the devil has been bit by bit changing the way they think, introducing a lie, you know, God didn't really say that, I don't believe that anymore, I don't have to go to church on Sundays, I can worship at home. Lots of ideas start coming into the mind and bit bit by bit, before you know it, the devil's taken someone out. When you dive deeper than 30 metres and you get down to more than 50, now they have a, a law, you're not allowed to dive more than I think 40 metres without very, very special training, um, weird things start happening to the body. And in fact, once you dive deeper than 40 metres, they recommend you don't have any nitrogen in your air at all. You know, the air we breathe is what, 70 percent nitrogen, something like that. When you dive deep, deep, they mix up their own air mixtures and remove all the nitrogen because of this very reason. And you can dive as deep as you want on helium and feel completely normal. But nitrogen does weird things to you. So once you go below 40 and especially below 50 metres, it becomes like you're on drugs. And you start to feel really good, apparently. I've never experienced it. And people who are down that deep, they can start to just relax and just want to stay there for the rest of their life, which is not going to be very long. And so they begin to lose all ability to reason and to think and this is just so lovely they call it the raptures of the deep and if you get in the raptures of the deep it's very very hard because there's a little voice somewhere deep down that says get to the surface <laughs> but you're enjoying it you whoever that person is, is enjoying it so much you just don't want to hear that voice you're just ignoring it because this is so wonderful well there are people like that are drifting away from the Lord and there's that little voice that's saying get to the surface and that's the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to them but they're just not listening to it because they're experiencing some kind of similar thing to that where their experience is something they want to keep on experiencing. They want to keep on experiencing what they've got. They don't want to change and do what the Lord is saying so they push away that little voice and so there are people who die from Fortunately, scuba diving training is quite good now and there are rules in place about not going to certain depths without all sorts of things in place. And people who dive deep don't use nitrogen anymore. So lots of lessons have been learned. But um, it's an example that there are people you know, your family, your friends, your neighbours, there are people who've been in the church and the devil has taken them out. All the while the Holy Spirit's been speaking to them and some of them have ignored that voice. We're going to do something about that today. Fortunately, this is what Wikipedia also says, Narcosis may be completely reversed in just a few minutes by ascending to shallower depths. It's very simply solved, just go up. <laughs> and fortunately we can solve people's problems too very simply by stepping into the place for them by some keenly calculated prayers can make a big difference in the lives of people. What an amazing thing that you can reverse a situation through the power of prayer. How wonderful is that? So, um, so there, there are, like I mentioned, two things going on here. One, the effect that's happening on other people you know. And uh, if you take a minute right now and think, there are people you know that used to be walking with the Lord, used to be in church, but they're not now. Well, you've got to do something about that. And the other implication is what's happening to you. Have you been drifting into some kind of spiritual stupor, you know, relaxing on the job, drifting through life, taking the Lord for granted? All of that may seem like not that big of a deal, but that's the effect of some kind of spiritual narcosis going on, where you're becoming rendered ineffective gradually. We've gotta do something about that as well. We were at Easter service a few weeks ago and um, my dad gave the blessing at the end of the service and uh, shared a scripture from Isaiah. And I'm going to get that scripture to pop up on the screen, hopefully. This is a really great promise. Do we have that? We do. Not that one, the next one. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 24 to 25. It says can plunder be taken from warriors or captives be rescued from the fierce? This is what the Lord says, yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. It's a great promise. And um, so we, we have that from the Lord as an encouragement to us to say, you can do something about this. You can pursue, rescue, and recover what has been taken from you. Remember that story in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 30 where King David had gone off to fight with his men and when he returned back from the battle, his own hometown and all the wives and children of him and all his soldiers were gone, had been kidnapped, uh, taken into slavery by Amalekites. Do you guys remember that story? No, so they... uh, if you haven't read your Bible or you don't know that part, it's in the end of 1 Samuel, uh, David returns with 600 of his fighting men and his, all their wives, all their children, gone. Their town burned to the ground. Now, that would be a pretty devastating moment. A big bunch, well, a lot of them, they just sat there and started crying, <laughs> weeping for their lost family members. It says that David sought the Lord. You know, shall I recover? And the Lord said, go, rescue and recover all so that's what they did so this is a similar type of situation to what we're talking about there are people being taken out but we can recover and we can rescue and, re- and we can recover all so David did set out and they did recover all and not only did they recover their family and their children his family wives and children but they recovered much much more those Amalekites had been raiding and pillaging through the desert and when they recovered their own families, they also got back everything that the Amalekites had pillaged. They got the plunder as well. And I believe, and we should believe, that by doing such a thing as retrieving what's been taken from us, we will also receive back much, much more than what the devil has taken. There's an Old Testament verse that says, if a thief breaks into the house, your house and steals, The law says he has to repay back multiple times over what he took. So, we're not just believing for a returning of what's been lost, we're believing for a blessing that exceeds that far and beyond. So, what I'm proposing is that as a church, we begin to pray by name, very specifically by name, for people that we know have been taken out. And, um... I've started doing this. My dad started doing this the last couple of weeks since I had the vision, praying for people by name. I got Cherie to print out a list of everyone that's ever been in El Vanto, that's our church like database, and then cross off all the names of the people that are still in the church, you know, all the people that are, you know, not in fellowship in some other church. And we end up with a list over the last 10 years or so of about 50 people. And um, so we start praying for these people by name. And um, some of them, you know, they've moved away, they live in other towns and cities, but they're away from the Lord. Well, we still pray for them by name because the devil's taken them out. And, you know, there would be people that are older than the Elvanto system. We'll have to work all those names out at some point. But in your life, you will know some of them. Some of them will be your own family members. Some of them will be, um, you know, people you've been in fellowship with in this church in years past, I want you to start praying for these people by name, every day, for their salvation and their restoration. So it's not that you save them, you don't save them, it's the Lord that saves them, that you throw them the life ring. So the Lord's the life ring. If someone falls over boat on a ship, they need a life ring, but someone's got to throw it to them. You're throwing them the life ring because you're going to begin by praying for them every single day now i 'm sure right now as we're as I'm sharing, you can think of someone. can you think of someone right now, someone in your mind that's been in fellowship, they've been in faith, but they're not now right well you're going to now pray for that person, or those two or three or four people every single day. The sense that I got about it was that as we start to do this, um, it's going to get easier and easier so and part of that will be because our faith will increase as the process goes along. You know, as we see someone restored, that'll be a great boost to our faith and it'll get easier. But I also think, think the process of doing it um, is cumulative. So our prayers accumulate and they grow and they have a bigger and bigger effect as well. Like building muscle, your muscles increase over time. So I think it's something that we need to do and I think what we're going to do very shortly, is we're going to have a united prayer, and we're going to pray this morning all in agreement for people that we know and love that have fallen away. And I'd like to keep on doing this in our church services every week for a while. And maybe in the middle of our service when we have our prayer time, we won't say any names up the front, you know, where there's a live stream, but where you are seated in your spot, you can say the names of people in your prayer that you're believing for the Lord to touch and restore. We've seen, in our United Prayers over the years, we've seen great and amazing things happen. And, you know, the same can happen for spiritual things as well as for healings and miracles and and other things like we have seen. We'll see people's lives touched and changed. So we started doing this two weeks ago. Um, Just a few people, just a few of the staff started praying for down the list that came out of El Vanto. Well, one of the people on that list um, sent in a tithe. Um, now you know we don't generally track people's giving we're not like scrutinizing to see who gives and who doesn't but sometimes people put their name in a reference or something so you know someone's given something and Cherie was saying this week she said oh this certain person gave money they haven't given money for a while and they're one of the people that's we've been praying for and I just thought well isn't that amazing the Lord as quickly as that The Lord's working on people. You know, as quickly as that, the Holy Spirit starts to touch people's lives and speak to their minds. You know, what the devil has done over probably a long period of time can very quickly start to be reversed as we target our prayers and our faith. What I've been praying every day, this week in particular, I've started a a new type of a prayer and I'm going to keep on praying this as well. And it, it all ties into what I'm talking about. But I've been feeling constricted um, with you know, what I can do, what I can think, how I can feel. I've been feeling like the church has been constricted. Imagine a giant boa constrictor you know, squeezing you and you just can't move, you can hardly breathe. Well, that's just ha- in my mind how I imagined it. And wh- what I've been praying this week, I started on Monday as I've been praying for space to move. And every day I've been rebuking the devil and I've been saying, you get back, give me space and then I've been praying, following on from that I've been saying, Lord fill that space. Fill that space with your kingdom. Fill that space with your peace. So I've been every day rebuking the devil, telling him to get back and give me space and praying for the Lord to fill that space. It's like, you know, World War One where they would try to get over to the next trench. Well it'd be like that but every day you're taking another trench. Every day taking ground, making advancements, every day. So that's what I've been praying all week long and it feels very good. It feels like the right type of prayer to pray. It feels like we're going to make progress. Things are going to turn a corner. In fact, it feels like things are turning a corner. Just with little things that are happening, like, for example, that tithe that came in and a few other stories that have been happening this week. It feels like the Lord's working in these types of prayers. It feels like they're having an effect. And I think you need to join me in it. You need to join us in praying like this so we're not just taking an inch a day. Or we're not just taking, you know, a few feet every day. No, we're, we're going to push the devil back and take real serious ground. So what happens is, all of a sudden, somebody just <coughs> says something like, huh, I feel like praying. They haven't prayed for years. But all of a sudden, they just feel like it. Well, what's happened is they've now got space to be able to pray. They were constricted before They were able, they could hardly move, they were restricted but because we're praying for them, now your other prayers, your prayers to bless them all along now kick in because the devil has been pushed back and they just have the ability to move forward and grow. So it's just creating space for people in your life, even for yourself, so that you're not restricted, so you can grow spiritually, physically, your family can be blessed. Your finances blessed your business blessed the church can grow your love for others can increase all the good things that we pray and believe for no more restrictions let's put an end to it once and for all let's start agreeing together so i ask you to join me in praying like this okay so you're going to pray for others but you're also going to be mindful of yourself be sober-minded as peter said in 1 peter 5 mindful of the devil's schemes not allowing them to touch you and there's nothing like a powerful prayer to start every day to, to put your day in the lord's hands that your day will be blessed and protected that you'll be used of the lord that you'll have the mind of christ in every situation you're in you'll you'll speak the words of the lord you'll be a blessing to others the lord will use you his kingdom will grow you'll find it easy to forgive other people you know, you won't get offended, like all all the things that Christians normally do, you'll do them easier if you're on the front foot and you're not affected by spiritual narcosis. So we're going to throw off that narcosis, (laughs) come to the surface and breathe normal air, get our brains clear, we'll do it by the grace of God. So we're going to pray for each other and we're going to pray for those who can't pray for themselves. There are people who can't They don't pray for themselves because they've gone too far. They don't know how to help themselves, but you know how to help them. And um, so we're going to start by doing the first of those prayers right now. Okay? In fact, we might pray a couple of prayers right now. You up for it? Yeah. If you're not up for it, it's okay, but you've got to do it anyway. The reason you've got to do it anyway is because that's that narcosis at work, that spiritual narcosis. It affects people so that they're not up for it, but they've got to be up for it. That's the way to break it off, that's the way to throw it off. So if right now you're just in, in the frame of mind where I just go to church on a Sunday and that's it, that's the extent of your spiritual walk, well you've been severely affected by narcosis and you've got to throw it off. And you've got to start by saying, I'm going to pray despite the fact that I'm not in the mood. Because you've got to get rid of that. You've got to get yourself back to that place that the Bible says in Revelations 2 is your first love. You've got to get back to your first love. So you've got to, you know, throw those things off. Take a step of faith. Take a step of action, regardless of your feelings. Be in prayer. So this morning what we're going to do, we're going to pray a couple of prayers. Uh, we'll do them unitedly and I'll get you to stand and I'll get the band to come too because once we've done praying we're going to sing a song and I think we should sing a happy song to conclude this morning but we just got to sort these couple of things out first. I think the first thing we've got to do is ask the Lord to forgive us for our sins okay and tied in with that is the forgiving of other people for their sins. So we're going to pray our first prayer will be to forgive others and ask the Lord to forgive, forgive us too. There are plenty of people who've done things we think are ghastly or horrible or terrible. Well, you know, maybe they've just been affected by narcosis. (laughs) And it's been difficult because they've been drugged and they've been in a state of altered consciousness. So we ask the Lord to forgive them. They're only going to be held in a state like that if we don't forgive them. If we hold their sins against them, they won't be able to go free. So we need to forgive them. But we can't we can't pray a prayer like that without asking the Lord to forgive us often for very many of the same things. So we're going to pray like that first. Then we're going to ask the Lord to rescue people we know. I'm going to pray, you know, more or less in general here from the front, but you can pray specifically for people by name that you're thinking of right there. The things you say won't go onto the recording. Um, so I'll just be careful, but you feel free to be, to be as liberal as you want in your prayer. And then finally, we're going to ask the Lord to deliver us from our own spiritual narcosis, to give us clarity of mind, to give us, you know, the type of spiritual consciousness that the Lord wants us to have, to be aware of the Lord and what he's saying and doing. So we'll pray these three prayers. We're going to pray them unitedly. We'll do one at a time. And um, after that, we'll sing as joyful a song as we can muster, full of joy and uh, full of praise, grateful because we trust in the Lord. The Lord knows how to work in people's lives and he is. He's working in people's lives right now this morning, even people who are not here. There are people who are not here this morning and as we pray, the Lord is working in their lives. Thank God for that. It's the most marvellous thing. So join me. Let's pray. Please stand. Let's pray the first of these prayers, the forgiveness prayer. Okay? Forgiveness for others and forgiveness for ourselves. Lord, we thank you for the mercy of God that forgives us our sins. I thank you, Lord, you said that you forgive all our sins and you heal all our diseases. And I thank you, Lord, we are in the arms of God and it's such a safe place to be. And right now, Lord, we forgive others of their sins. Lord, we forgive those who have said things against the church. Those, thing, those people who have acted irrationally, they've been bitter, they've been offended, sometimes for, for good reason, but sometimes for no reason, we forgive them, we release them. Lord, we ask for grace to be be extended to them and we bless them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us our own sins. Lord, forgive us for our own hardness of heart. Forgive us for yielding to the devil's temptations and lies. Forgive us for not resisting. Forgive us for not walking with you as as closely as we should. Lord, forgive us all our sins in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, you do hear this prayer in Jesus' name. Now, join me in praying for the people that you were thinking of this morning as I preached. Whatever names the Lord has put on your heart, we're going to pray for them right now, but it's also your job to keep praying for them, okay? Lord, I pray for the people who've been taken out by the devil's schemes over the in the years past and people who are being affected by the devil right now. And uh, we just pray right now for their restoration. Lord, put your hand upon them. Give them a clear mind right now. And Satan, I rebuke you. I command you to take your hand off of these people. You shall not influence them. You shall not speak to them or act against them in Jesus' name. I annul your authority in the name of Jesus Christ. No more effect. And Father, I pray right now for the spirit of truth to be in each and every one of these hearts. Lord, for people who have backslidden, fallen away from the Lord, I pray that right now this morning they would think of you. Lord, your spirit would be at work upon them this morning. I pray, Lord, your grace to be at work in their lives for restoration in Jesus' name. And now let's pray for ourselves. Let's pray for a ridding of all spiritual narcosis will have clear minds to hear the word of the Lord, to know what he's saying, to walk with him. Father, give us this grace, I pray. Lord, I pray that you would lead us and guide us by your spirit and we would be in tune with you. I pray there will be no more fog, no more cloud, no more clagging of the thoughts, the feelings of the heart or the mind or the will. And we just rebuke that spiritual narcosis, Satan, we rebuke you, we command you to leave us alone in Jesus' name and go. No more raptures of the deep. Instead, Father, I pray for the clear, fresh air of the Holy Spirit. Lord, clear minds, clear consciousness, clear awareness of what the Lord is saying. Father, let every single person here today, from the youngest to the oldest, be a discerning person to know what the Lord is saying. Father, I ask that your spirit would be at work today. In Jesus' name, amen.